Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Technically Educated. Woo. My name's Ari. And I'm David. And uh, we haven't been good with our with our weekly schedule because, once again, life gets in the way. But we're doing yes. our best. We've gotten a little bit better. Yes, um, we are. Before, before we waste any more time, let's get this one started. Here we go. All right. So... I'll be really honest. We had a bunch okay. of stuff to talk about this week. Yes, and that is very true. We were just like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna have this discussion, this discussion, this discussion. And mm-hmm. I was really excited because I was gonna say, this is gonna be our first episode where we don't talk about anything Apple related. Yes. And then we get a December surprise, and well, so we get one more thing, right? We get one more, one more thing. Um, exactly. And, and and so for those of you who were, who were really excited to hear us talk about something outside of the Apple bubble, I apologize, but not really. And the reason I don't really apologize is because today we're going to talk about the AirPods Pro Max. Did I get that right? Is that, is that, is that actually what they're called? I think it's just, I think it's just AirPods Max. I'm not sure. You can open up the the Apple app store. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's just AirPods Max. As we're talking about this, Uh, but the, the, the point here is that we shouldn't be this confused about a naming mechanism. What? Yeah. Why? Why? It's, it's why? AirPod Max. It's okay, AirPod Max. Th- there you no go. I, I got the name wrong. My bad. Yes. But yes. The the you're point not enough here, of an Apple fanboy. Apparently, okay. I'm not enough of an Apple fanboy, and that's and that's probably a good thing. But okay. The pro- the problem here is, as that Apple is the most valuable publicly traded company in the world. Is that and true? It is true. Wow. Based on market cap. Um, and the problem is, is they have the worst naming conventions possible. Like I'm That's just, true. I am utterly confused even in this moment of, of what they, what they're calling yeah, their, obviously. what they're calling their products. And I'm sitting here and I was like, I don't know, do I have an iPhone? Pro Max Ultra Super Slim XYZ. I I don't know. I mm-hmm. I, I know nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's just it's just confusing a little bit. And and that's okay. And that's fine. But I I, I guarantee no one from Apple's listening to this. But if you are, can you just spend <laughs> a little bit? I spend a little bit more money um, on your naming conventions. I don't I don't I don't know what to expect. I don't know if it's money. I think it's just time. They just have to like spend some time or maybe maybe just maybe it's one of those like you know marvel cinematic universe kind of deals where basically at the end of it um they just you know end up rebooting um and then making everything fall into place because if you think about it like we so right now we have mini max pro and those are all of the uh, suffixes, right? And, and like, I'm okay with them. I, here's yeah. the thing that gets me. It's just, I'm hoping they do with the iPhone what they did with the iPads and they stop putting the numbers mm-hmm. afterwards. Just call it the iPhone. And it's it's the iPhone, iPhone mini, iPhone Pro, iPhone Pro Max, or iPhone Max. Mm-hmm. Don't even call it Pro Max anymore. Just call it iPhone Max. Um, mm-hmm. And then in parentheses afterwards, you'll have a, a year in it and you'll understand which version you're going to get. That to me at least simplifies that. I, yeah, I, it, 
it sometimes just feels as though they're stepping on their toes a little bit and the naming convention just makes it more confusing. And Apple's sure. supposed to be that company that's super simple and super clean. But mm-hmm. um, I don't want to spend this entire segment talking about Apple's naming. Sure. I want to I talk about this actual product. And the first thing that came, so basically these AirPods Max are mm-hmm. their, their new AirPods line, but it's their over-ear headphones. So the AirPods which wireless. came out, they're AirPods that came out, I think, in December of, uh, was it 16 or 17 that those that those were released? Those were basically EarPods without the wires. And then last year, they came out with the AirPods Pro, which, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, it's what both of us are using today because we're both, we're, we're both not in our normal um, recording areas. We're still yes. not sitting together, but we're both using our AirPods Pro to record this. Um, True. And so the AirPods Max are, in essence, the over-ear version that's just... It's max. It's that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's supposed to most likely be the best sound profile that they could get to. Now, the big thing that everybody kind of jumped at was the price. These things yes. are, are when kind of looking at the market in general, mm-hmm. they're ludicrously mm-hmm. priced. You know, most mm-hmm. people are looking at these and they're comparing them to something like the Bose Quiet Comfort or mm-hmm. the the Sony MX, a bunch of letters I don't know, 14s or fours or whatever sure. it is, right? And so everyone's called them the Sonys, the Sony, yeah. the Sony, the Sonys, the ones that everybody loves, right? Or even the mm-hmm. Surface, the Surface headphones that microphone Microsoft released, which I, uh, you can, oh, I I gotta give I give Microsoft props for where they're due, and I've heard nothing but amazing thing about those Surface headphones. But the important part is is everybody's comparing it to those and those are basically just standard headphones that we're using for listening to music and they're noise canceling mm-hmm. right and, uh-huh. and they're fantastic at doing that what the difference here is and those are all priced at somewhere between i think 299 to 399 i believe right i i want to okay. say and once again i could be wrong um, i probably should have looked it up before but when i i, I own the, <laughs> the the beats um, Studio 3s that came out, once again, three or oh, so I'm years sorry. ago. I actually loved those headphones. Those headphones really? did nothing but um, provide everything that I needed for them. So they, those were those were fantastic for me. But I want to say those were $399 when I purchased them a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The difference, so, so these are an extra $150. We're looking at about $549 for these AirPods Max. And everyone's just kind yeah. of like, mind blown how dare apple come up with such an egregious pricing scheme and then i which and then it well if you're comparing it to those agreed remember that when the airpods came out 149 dollars everybody's like earpods are 39 dollars you're just taking the wires away why is it why why are you charging me 110 extra dollars this is garbage Mm -hmm. and then Uh guess what they became a cultural phenomenon and everybody owns them and then they, they and then they came out, out with the, the AirPods Pro for another hundred dollars, yeah. and everyone's exactly. like, "Oh, da 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 da," and you're just like, "Okay, wait, why does everybody have the Pros now?" And now you're sitting here with the AirPods Max, uh-huh. and the funny thing is, is everybody when they came out on Tuesday morning, yelled and screamed, five hundred and forty-nine dollars. If you go to bar- if you go to try to purchase them right now, there's a twelve mm-hmm. to fourteen week waiting period for them. Oh wow! Which either means that, that they like, didn't make that they that they weren't planning to make very many, or yeah. that they just sold out so quickly, and both. So, so probably both. Making that comparison that I began with with these other headphones, 
those were headphones that just had great sound profiles. Those were headphones that were that were literally made to to listen to music or, mm-hmm. you know, with noise canceling, were made to, you know, give you a nice quiet flight and for you to relax or anything yes. along those lines. Mm-hmm. What Apple is adding here and I guarantee someone that's listening to this right now is be like, Apple's not the first one that came up with this. And I admit, Apple is not the first one that came up with this, but Apple just takes everything that they do, they make it a lot easier, and they make it look really good. But mm-hmm. what that's true. Apple is doing here is they're expanding that sound profile. And I can speak to this to you because once again, we're both wearing the AirPods Pro right now. I think <laughs> I got the name right. But, yes, yes. You yes. know, they, 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 they basically, release something with iOS 14 that mm-hmm. is this is they're calling spatial audio. Oh, and okay. it basically is creating this like Dolby atmosphere environment within your ear canals through these tiny little AirPods Pro. If you watch something on Apple TV Plus right now um, or, or, or Disney Plus or Netflix, that's Dolby Vision or Dolby Atmos um, compatible. You'll understand what I'm talking about. You're hearing sounds mm-hmm. coming from different areas. Now, if you do this on your AirPods Pro, it sounds incredible, which you kind of scratch your head a little bit and you're thinking about how tiny these little things are. What this, what these Maxes are going to do is they're, they're, they're full on over ears. They're not on ears, which sit uh-huh. on your earlobes. These are over ears. So they're basically creating a seal around your ears. And then they're adding this spatial audio aspect to it. Now, okay. there are other headphones out in the marketplace that are Atmos friendly, that are basically trying to do the same thing, which is why I'm saying Apple's not the first one to this party. Yes. Those headphones also cost upwards of $600. Oh, then you, okay. Then you go to other high-end headphones and they mm-hmm. start at $1,000. Like Sennheiser makes a consumer-friendly $55 pair of headphones. And then they make <laughs> headphones that cost well over a thousand dollars. So, but Apple that's for professionals, uh, or or you know, sound geeks, audiophiles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Apple's not here coming up with most expensive headphones, or they're not coming out with something that is just some uh, completely brand new. But they're taking different yeah. pieces of a lot of their other products. They're putting them mm-hmm. together. And they're a they're they're introducing them to customers who would have otherwise not known about them. But yeah, I am I am so excited to kind of hear this this sound stage with that uh, with this over ear capacity. You know, we've talked about it before. Sure, we're not traveling at all this year. Yeah. So, speaking as someone who does spend a lot of time on the road, yeah, um, I do catch up on a lot of my shows in mm-hmm. a hotel room on my yes, iPad. Which- and bad acoustics, it, which isn't the greatest, right? And, yeah. and I'm excited to be on the road and watch The Mandalorian or watch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even Ted Lasso and uh, yep. season two, know, whenever it comes out, whenever season two comes out, and I get to hear football is life, you know, coming yes. out from, from from that from that with that spatial audio. I think there's it's going to be really special and it's going to be really exciting mm-hmm. to see uh, what what people don't tend to. Uh, give Apple any credit for yes or I should say not enough credit for right now is their sound engineering team sure and you know a couple of years ago when they brought they brought out the the, the 16 inch MacBook Pro mm-hmm. the, one of the top things all the reviewers discussed were was was how brilliant the 
the speakers were. It, That's true. It, it felt like you had this amazing sound profile coming out of these tiny little speakers on your laptop. And You're I will say, at- I, I will say, uh, my 2016 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro. Um, the microphone on there is also tremendous. I've gotten mm-hmm. so many, uh, so many people asking me, you know, how I've recorded certain videos or, or just audio files, and I'm just like, it's the usual. It's the microphone from just my laptop, from my four-year-old laptop. And and you know, it's it's it, that's incredible. And then you're looking at kind of all the other stuff they do. They released the Home Pod mm-hmm. a few years ago and didn't sell really well because it was overpriced yeah. <laughs> price um, but once again the sound profile that came with that was unquestionable mm-hmm. and it was sitting there and it was it was at 299 i think it was or 399 when it came out i don't recall but it was in line with you know this the larger sonos speakers the sonos 5 that's priced at about 499 mm-hmm. well apple just came out with the the home pod mini uh, yep. i think it was you know very recently at you know a 99 price point and I have been forced to purchase a few of them. Um, <laughs> forced is one way to put it. Well, no, I, I, you know, this is a, a conversation you and I are going to have uh, in, in a future show. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're, 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 we'll have the discussion about smart homing the house yes. and making them HomeKit compatible. And mm-hmm. because of that, it, 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 it turned into this need to have, um, you know, something in the HomePod Mini kind of was the least expensive way to get into it. My point is, sure. is I, I picked up a couple of them and mm-hmm. the sound profile on this tiny little, um, you know, it looks like this, it's the size of a, of a, of a, of a pool ball <laughs> um, is, is pretty incredible. Is it as yeah. good as the Sonos 5 in my, in the room? No, it's not. Probably not. Is, yeah. is the clarity and everything else nice to listen to? Yes. It just doesn't get as loud. It's not as, uh, it's not as powerful. But my point is, is Apple has been very good, yeah. if not incredible, at taking a, a small space and creating beautiful sound from it. And yeah. so to now be taking what was what they're probably looking at is a premium product mm-hmm. and you know using the technologies that they, that they built from the AirPods Pro, that being that spatial audio, and knowing that they're going to have more space um, with which to kind of push out that sound. Mm-hmm. I believe that these are going to sound incredible. And I think Fair. that if we're looking at them, uh, just if we're looking at them outside of just listening to music and mm-hmm. in that capacity, I mean, even with music, it, it, live albums and being yeah. able to hear kind of sounds from different places, I think would be pretty incredible. Um, but I, at, at home, I have a full on, I, I basically built a movie theater in the sense that mm-hmm. I've got a nice big Dolby Vision TV, but I also have a full-on Dolby Atmos sound system because of how much now I love music. Now you're just bragging. Now right? you're just no, bragging. No, no. I'm, I, I'm saying it in the sense of like, I love sound. I love, yes. I love music. But mm-hmm. in addition to that, when I'm watching anything, whether it's the next Marvel movie or it's, it's, a, it's a fun family show like Ted Lasso, like mm-hmm. I love being completely enthralled in it. And knowing that I'm going to be able to take that experience from my, you know, uh, family room couch to wherever it is that I happen to be once again, because hopefully the world opens up again and we're back mm-hmm. on the road and we're able to travel. That really excites me. 
And yeah. understanding that, I don't think the price tag means anything. Now, I here's think- my here's my here's my my question to close this out. Um, are you going to buy one? We'll see. Christmas is coming <laughs> up, so uh, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, that's all. That, that that's all I'm going to say there. Um, you know, okay. it is the season. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, that, that was fun. We both got to say how big fans of Apple we are, but there's more than just Apple there. And we are now at our fun little segment called No Way, where we talk about, you know, things that basically are just bizarre or weird, make us angry, um, you know, grind our gears. So <laughs> we're... We're talking about something very, very interesting. You, um, you're a big fan of balloons, aren't you? I do like balloons. I'm afraid of heights, but I love balloons, right? I think they're mm-hmm. fantastic. It's, it, it goes back to childhood in French class and watching, uh, you know, the little red balloon. But uh, so be it. But to, to, you know, interestingly enough, we just went from talking about Apple to kind of pivoting the conversation to Google. Google yes. used to be a favorite tech company, um, mm-hmm. you know, when they stuck behind Don't Be Evil, but then they just, we find out that they, they, they take all of our data. Not as bad as Facebook. Um, yes. I'm, I'm still a huge fan of Google. I love the fact that they are really pushing technologies. They really are, they do so much of that background research and mm-hmm. they do it, they do it in the open, which I think is incredible. And yeah. one of the projects that they had started a few years back was their Alphabet Loon project. And Alphabet is what they they made the parent company of Google and all the other companies that Google started eating up. Um, and mm-hmm. rather than keeping it under the Alphabet umbrella, they put it under the, um, um, sorry, under the Google umbrella, they put it under the yes. Alphabet umbrella. Yes. And one of the projects here was to create these helium balloons, these stratospheric helium balloons that, mm-hmm. uh, that allowed, to, it provided internet access to parts of the world that didn't have those capabilities which mm-hmm. I think is incredible. Yes. So a part also, of that... The ahead. name of the project is really fun. Correct. Google Loon. Um, a, <laughs> a part of that is obviously to make sure that these balloons mm-hmm. are staying out in the atmosphere and they're following the coordinates that they need to do to, in order to maintain internet connectivity for a specific region. Yes. And what they have now done, what they started to do, and this is specific to the balloons that are working over Kenya, is okay. that Google allowed for an artificial intelligence body to mm-hmm. create the, um, the flight patterns for the balloons. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about that for a second. They, Google based the Google team basically gave artificial intelligence a little bit of information and then allowed for it to create its own path, not based on any previous information. This is something that the the, the Google DeepMind team did about three mm-hmm. years ago, where they gave uh, AI basically a stick figure, and mm-hmm. that's about it. And this this artificial intelligence had to figure out how to get it from point A to point B. And there's some videos of this online and you can see how 
it it attempts to basically get this per- get this stick figure to go, and it, it's pretty mm-hmm. intriguing to watch. But kind of scary at some parts. It is. So this whole thing has always been there's always going to be a discrimination even in artificial intelligence because it's still going to be based on the information that's provided to the AI. In this instance, that information isn't even there's no information being provided. There is just a problem, mm-hmm. and the artificial intelligence is starting from nowhere. And this is so interesting in this specific scenario with the loon balloons because they <laughs> actually found that the artificial intelligence. Uh, uh, pathway ended up being more efficient than the human version. So the AI that started with no information, basically mm-hmm. just a task, came up with a route um, that was close enough to the human version, but it was so more, so much more finely tuned that it was more efficient and it is actually mm-hmm. a better pathway. And it, it it goes back to the Terminator kind of mindset of AI getting a little bit too smart. Um, and mm-hmm. there's always kind of been this mindset of, well, we're not really worried about AI because you know it, it only has the information that we provide to it. Well, well, not anymore. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a there's a problem not just with that, but you know when you're creating, um, when you're building these these big algorithms that you know we call uh, artificial intelligence AI, um, you have to worry about the societal and ethical implications and you know google had been really good about it um and now we're gonna get into my part mm-hmm. of no way which <laughs> is um how google decided to treat its um the co-lead of its ethical ai team so um uh, Timnit uh, Gebru, and i'm pretty sure i am uh, mispronouncing her name but um, she is a she's a, a, a fantastic scholar in, in AI ethics research. She's widely respected. She's a computer scientist. Um, she was uh, the co-lead for a, a, a team of interdisciplinary researchers that were looking at, you know, the fundamental ethical implications surrounding these um, large AI models. And uh, her and a couple of the people on um, her team wrote a, a, a paper, an academic paper that um, went through all of the, you know, trappings of a of academic publishing, which, by the way, is not fun. Uh, peer review takes a long time. It's brutal. Um, you know, I've been on both sides of, of that uh, space. So it's not like it's something that you just like do for fun. Um, it went through all of that process and it was, you know, uh, on the verge of being published, and um, Google said that, well, you know, we're we're not gonna do it because we're not gonna let you publish it because you didn't give us enough time. And <laughs> she said, well, you know, I'm gonna be. Yeah. So she said, I'm I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna go on vacation um, for a little bit, but um, if you're not gonna let me publish this, then um, let then let me go on vacation. I'll come back and then. Once I come back, we'll we'll figure out a way to make sure that the team isn't just left stranded um, if I basically quit, which is what was going to happen. Um, however, Google decided to uh, quit for her, um, and basically, <laughs> instead of instead of saying that they fired her, they said that she had resigned. Um, and the VP of uh, I think engineering, 
um, sent out an email to um, her, uh, you know, team saying that she had quit. So it wasn't even her direct uh, manager. It was her manager's manager, the VP um, that said that. And, you know, understandably, there were, there's this huge, huge uh, scandal now in the uh, in the academic world and even in the uh, even in the business world now, because, you know, it's first of all, it's Google. It's one of the biggest names in the space, but also it's about how you treat uh, the people that are doing a crucial work and B work that might not necessarily, um, you know, help your bottom line in the short term, but definitely will help your, your company's standing at least in terms of, you know, being a, uh, being a good corporate citizen. Um, if not even just like, you know, a good, uh, steward of the future. So it's, 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 it's very, it's very troubling. It's very sad, um, and um, you know, I, I hate to I hate to end the the segment on a on a down note, but I think that at least the upside to all of this, and you know, clearly, um, you know, it's horrible what what happened to uh, to her, and it's horrible what you know her team is going through clearly because now they're scared of 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 writing, of publishing, of doing that stuff. But the upside is that now, because of the fact that it's a scandal, you know, the 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 small upside um, is that a lot more people are now paying attention to this issue. Um, and, you know, in the way of the Streisand effect, um, you're going to get a lot more eyeballs on that uh, paper when it comes out uh, than uh, originally. So Google is actually in, they've created a lot more pain for themselves. <laughs> we'll see. And let's, let's see if we can get Google to go back to their old mindset of, of not being evil. Um, yeah. We'll see. So now it's my turn. Um, this is actually uh, maybe a bit nerdier and more in the weeds than uh, we originally were talking about um, when thinking about the podcast, but. Um, this actually has, you know, significant implications on um, on all of us, uh, considering we all use the internet and considering a lot of us use uh, platforms and apps. Um, so, you know, it's it, I would say it's very important. So this past week, um, the Senate has confirmed, you know, clearly along party lines, the uh, the nominee by. Uh, still President Donald Trump uh, to the FCC, the uh, Federal Communications Commission. Um, his name is Nathan Symington. Um, clearly, he was opposed by, by Democrats. He is, um, as uh, people would say, he is a big fan of uh, the current president. Um, and he is also not necessarily an expert in the area where FCC where the FCC's um, is usually doing uh, policy work or regulations. So I mean, is that, does that sound any worse than you know a Jeet Pie being a, a corporate show in the FCC right now? Well, so here's the thing: um, the the current uh, makeup of the FCC is clearly a, a partisan one, and it's always been this way. It always is. Of course. The difference is that, you know, Ajit Pai, um, as much as he might sort of have 
you know, ulterior motives in terms of uh, his previous uh, his previous jobs. At least he a knows what is going on. B so knows he knows what. he's screwing all of us over. Got it. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, so you know, he still um, he's he's part of the people that know what this is all about. Now, on the flip side, uh, Symington is somebody that is, um, let's say, taking the, the the space a bit out of it uh, because he, like I said, he's not an expert in this. You know, he has maybe a few months of experience, um, and he is also the person. Um, uh, you know, allegedly, we don't know for sure, but he's one of the main drafters of the uh the document that came out of the white house or rather of from the ntia the national telecommunication and information administration i think that's what ntia fully stands for um but he's the he's the main drafter of of a letter to the fcc asking the fcc to basically um you know do a rulemaking which is what fcc usually um is capable of doing but on something that is nowhere near in the FCC's, um, you know, wheelhouse uh, on the issue of Section 330, which we talked about in uh, episode one, where I got a bit heated. But basically, the idea is that uh, Trump wasn't able to get uh, anything passed in the um, in Congress on, uh, you know, changing, repealing, reforming, however you want to call it, Section 230, um, which basically uh, very shortly, gives um, any website platform, however you want to call it, um, gives them immunity from, uh, you know, legal liability on content that is published by users and not by them. So basically, Google is not, YouTube is not responsible for the uh, video that you post on on YouTube, right? You're responsible for it, and the same of for course. Twitter. And, and, Sorry, and I think I think we talked about this last time a little bit yeah. as well, where it's kind of the idea of the people that are trying to get rid of Section 230. I, I mean, honestly, both sides of the aisle don't really like it very much. Of course. Um, but right now, you've got this push from um, I like to d- refer to him as the outgoing president, not the the the, the still there president. Yes. Um, but in essence, it would take everything that he or his minions mm-hmm. like to put out there mm-hmm. um, off of the internet because because Google Basically. or Twitter or whoever else would just be like, nope, violation, nope, yeah. violation, nope, of violation. Course. And, of course. and starting on January 21st, um, basically Twitter is going to ban the guy. Oh, right? oh I hope he, so. Yeah. He loses his protection. So yeah. I don't understand why they're going after rules or regulations that are, um, in essence, against their own... Like I understand them, you know, uh, taking all of our tax dollars and, and pushing them towards mega corporations because it basically lines their pockets. But this is basically taking away their own um, safety nets. And the only thing yep. I can think of in this scenario is that they they never got um, Silicon Valley on their side, mm-hmm. other than obviously you know Peter Thiel, who um, that's a whole different conversation. Of but, course. Um, they, they never got Silicon Valley on their side mm-hmm. and they would rather see Silicon Valley burn yeah, and of course. Ameri- the, the United States lose the, its number one source of, of wealth yep. um, to, to 
get their way, which is almost kind of what they're doing in general. They, they, they right now, they would politics, rather see yeah. everything fall apart uh, because it's it's not what they want. And if I can't have you, nobody can. Basically, yes, that yeah. sounds about right right now. That sounds yeah, about right. Sadly, but here's so here's the thing. Um, in keeping with tradition, um, Ajit Pai is actually going to resign from the FCC uh, on January twentieth uh, because that's how you usually do it. You allow the uh, the incoming administration to put somebody else there and to sort of re mm-hmm. uh, to shift right to shift power. The the catch is that there's a chance, considering everything that's going on. Um, and you know how far away we've gone with uh, polarization that um, the Senate might not confirm somebody, right? So basically, because they were able to last minute put um, Symington on, it would be a 2-2, right, uh, stalemate. So then mm-hmm. things wouldn't be able to get uh, passed. There, it'd be difficult to, to change things. And, you know, again, like I said, uh, Samington isn't just like a regular Republican or a regular sort of, as you called it, uh, corporate show. He's a completely different beast um, that is just there to make trouble and, you know, so, th- make trouble from everything from two, 230 issues all the way to, you know, more, uh, I would say, uh, you know, regular FCC concerns like net neutrality. So what I'm hearing you say that is that if you don't believe that even after January 21st with a split, you know, Congress, that we can get back to some form of normalcy Mm -hmm. because there's enough corruption being left behind by the outgoing administration Mm -hmm. that you should call every friend you have in Georgia and make sure that they vote in a specific direction on January. That's what I just heard you say. <laughs> well, I mean, here's here's the catch. It doesn't make a difference in terms of the FCC. Um, well, because... if it has to come down to a Senate confirmation, then, you know, making sure, sure that the yeah. Senate is, is in a particular direction, <laughs> regardless of whether or not you believe in any other form of policies. And I don't normally go, I don't like going into politics, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't like having those discussions, but, um, you know, if, if, if we're still trying to, uh, uh, what was the term? Drain the swamp. Oh God, um, yeah. Then, then obviously we need to make sure that, uh, we, we have the tools with which to do that. So um, that's true. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> now that we've got all the boring conversation stuff out of the way, um, <laughs> just, a, just a quick roundup. Like we said, when we started this one off today, um, there was a lot of stuff that we wanted to talk about. There we don't have time for it, though. A lot of different things. So there was, you know, not enough time. Um, maybe some of these will develop again in the future and we can come back to them. But, uh, you know, one of the things that was, was really interesting was last week, HBO, um, mm-hmm. or I should say AT&T, which now owns Time Warner, which owns HBO. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness me. They, they originally had come out and said that they were releasing Wonder Woman 1984 on mm-hmm. Christmas Day, both in theaters as well as direct to streaming on HBO Max with 4K, with Dolby Vision, with Dolby Atmos, which everyone that cares about anything in terms of audiovisual stuff got super mm-hmm. excited about because, you know, HBO Max has been so behind on all this stuff. Even Game of Thrones wasn't in 4K. Like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
this was supposed to kick off like a new generation. Well, last week, they just announced that every uh, Time Warner or Warner Brothers film that was supposed to come out in 2021, some yes. of which were films that were pushed out from 2020, mm-hmm. are now going to be coming directly to HBO Max as well for a nice. one month window. Yep. Uh, you, you sent me Huge. this message. And Huge. we were we were super excited. I am super excited about this because I I, I, I never I didn't really like going to movie theaters uh, the last few years anyway. So being able to <laughs> watch all this stuff at home is really exciting. But the problem is is that the movie uh, the production companies and the actors mm-hmm. didn't find out until just before they made these announcements. Well, yeah. And so when it came to Wonder Woman 1984 the actors and the directors, they got like a good chunk of money for it. Mm-hmm. These other films really did not. And so you're seeing a huge uproar in Hollywood right now about yep. this decision. I mean, I think it's the future. I think it's what we're all going to expect to see. Um, but there's a lot of money. There's a lot of financials that are that are kind of up, up in the air right now. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how this one plays itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Nolan, who famously last summer um wanted to make sure that tenant went went out to movie theaters only for it to bomb because it came out <laughs> when uh, the virus was at its peak is is up in arms right now and talking about all this of about course how, you know hbo max is the worst and I, I i think he's a great filmmaker i think he needs to start keeping his mouth shut when it comes to stuff like this <laughs> um because i mean he would he wanted people to risk their lives to go see a movie mm-hmm. um they didn't do it and apparently it was because his compensation for the film was based off of opening weekend numbers as well, and he wanted to get paid. And yeah. I, I got nothing there, but that's sure. the first one. The next one, um, we we can't have we can't not throw out another Apple Apple piece. So Apple Fitness yeah. Plus is coming out next week. Woo-hoo! That's their their fitness pro- uh, programs to to you know I want to say compete with Peloton and some other of those. Um, those those video services, but with with Apple Flair, I think with Apple Music Playlists and using your uh, Apple Watch and things along those lines. So I think you and I, um, who are hopefully going to get to see each other soon, are are excited about it. Maybe we can get a workout we're in have together. Fun with that, yeah. Um, we're and gonna, then we're to close do out it for the podcast, we're gonna we're gonna to, Apple Fitness Plus for the podcast together. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And then to close out, um, we we can't go a week without me. Um, Talking about friend of the show, F, uh, Facebook. Facebook. My, my disdain for Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Um, it, it came out this week that the Department of Justice, as well as I think 46 states in the union, um, are suing Facebook. Mm-hmm. They are trying to unwind Facebook's deals that allowed them to purchase both Instagram and WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's actually going to be feasible, but I, don't I think so. am... I, I'm just, I, I'm just excited to see it. You're just, play out. A, you're just I, happy about Facebook getting, uh, getting some, some bad press. Of course, I, they're, they're the, they're the bane of this, the, the world's, the universe. They're, they're, they're the, <laughs> the depths. They're the depths of evil. Like he, the, the, Mark Zuckerberg makes Lex Luthor look like a good guy. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 just rough. But yeah, um, we don't have ex- enough time to talk about how much you hate Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, yeah, but point is, is is it's going to be interesting to see the way this play itself out. You know, there's a lot of Amazon. Was it Amazon or Google that just got sued um, last month? So that uh-huh. started. I know Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Apple were all on the on you know for up for discussion. So. Uh-huh. You know, we, th- this may not be it. 
And it's not a scenario where a new administration is coming in and the, the cases are going to get dropped because the incoming presidential administration has the same mindset when it comes to these mega uh, Silicon Valley corporations. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see what happens. That's it from us um, for uh, our third installment of the podcast. Um, Like we said last time, we promise we'll uh, be better at uh, being an actual weekly podcast. And I think this time we'll actually um, hold ourselves to it. I'd love Um, to say same bad time, same bad channel right now, but uh, apparently we have no consistency. That's true. That's true. Um, Let's aim for that next time. So thanks for, (laughs) thanks for listening.